From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And let me welcome you back to the Cannabis Podcast. This is episode 128. Maybe this is your very first visit. Well, if it is, an especially warm welcome for you. Ahead, 30 or 40 minutes of information about the plant that I absolutely love, cannabis. Now, before we get too much further, let me remind you this program is intended only for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction and is intended purely for entertainment and perhaps educational purposes. You should always consume your cannabis responsibly. In episode 128, speaking of cannabis, what makes cannabis smell like cheese, skunk, and diesel? We got a story from my buddy David Wiley at theounce.ca on that. We go back to Kenigma.com to find out what are the best strains and terpenes if we're looking for some deep sleep. This is interesting to see the rest of the world kind of waking up. Germany has published their first draft of recreational cannabis laws, a story on that. Plus, I couldn't resist this. The Secret Service found some cannabis in the White House. <laughs> and on Call to Mark Corner this episode, something a little bit different. We're sampling some weed, but Call to Mark Corner is actually on the vaporizer itself. We're testing out the Airizer Air Max this week on Cultivar Corner. All of that and more on episode 128 of the Cannabis Podcast. And before we dive into the details of this episode, it's time for a personal moment. As I have done since starting the podcast back four and a half years ago, when something happens in my personal life, I'd like to share it with you. Well, guess what? I have been a little reticent in sharing a really big news story in my personal life. It happened almost a month ago. In fact, it was June 28th. That's when, and you will recognize the players, my son Ian, who of course is responsible for the Cultivar Corner jingle and my introduction in the show, my daughter-in-law Christine, who you heard many stories about in our driving adventures when she was buying me some weed as I was teaching her driving. And Christine, also responsible for the artwork and the logo for the Cannabis Podcast. Well, Ian and Christine had a baby. On June 28th this year, we welcomed our first grandson, Emil Allen. What a cute little guy. And it is so cool having them here so we get to experience a lot of interaction with, with them as new parents, with Emil as he grows and, and becomes an actual baby rather than just this blob. <laughs> So cool. I had to share it with you. Help me welcome a meal to the world. Our first story of the day with the odd one. I just had to put this in because it is just, I mean, you knew it was going to happen. In fact, it's probably been happening for years. They just haven't noticed. This is a story from 420intel.com. The Secret Service finds cannabis in the White House. The news comes on the heels of finding cocaine in the West Wing. The Secret Service Uniform Division confirmed Thursday that it had discovered marijuana in the White House twice last year. What happened? A couple of hours after the agency closed its investigation into cocaine discovery in the White House, it revealed another discovery of a federally illegal substance. This time around, it was cannabis. Per the Secret Service Uniform Division, small amounts of marijuana were found on two occasions in 2022, June and September, at a checkpoint. Secret Service told the National Review in a statement Thursday, No one was arrested in these incidents because the weight of the marijuana confiscated did not meet the legal threshold for federal charges for D.C. misdemeanor criminal charges, as the District of Columbia had decriminalized possession. 
The marijuana was collected by officers and destroyed, the agency added. Per the report by Fox News Digital, the amount discovered both times was less than 0.2 ounces. <laughs> That's a pretty small amount of marijuana as a sidebar. On Thursday, the agency also confirmed that it had closed its investigation into cocaine discovery without identifying a suspect. This was not welcomed by some Republican lawmakers, such as Georgia Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who wrote, With all the drug testing tools available, a list of approximately 500 people, surveillance cameras, fingerprints, and more, the Secret Service is ending their investigation on who brought cocaine in the White House with zero suspects. (laughs) Well, we'll leave the rest of that comment aside, because we're definitely not going into politics on this podcast. (laughs) Cannabis discovered in the White House? I mean, let's be honest. It's probably been in there a lot more with those tourists strolling on through. Who knows, somebody may have just tossed a joint as they walked by. (laughs) Ah, There you go. I just had to cover that story because as soon as I saw the headline, I thought it was interesting. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. There is another thing that I have been a little reticent about. And that is recognizing a name change that probably happened a while ago, but I I just truly discovered it as I was preparing for this episode. That's in relation to my buddy David Wiley, who back when legalization happened, he started OkanaganZ.com, a marijuana media empire. And I have been referencing David's and stories at OkanaganZ.com on many, many episodes of the Cannabis Podcast. David, I'm sorry. I I forgot that you made the change to the ounce.ca. I realize that now. So all future references to any stories from David and his site will be to the ounce.ca. As in the reference for the story we're going to do today. Now, this is a special to the OZ at the ounce.ca. And we're talking about what makes cannabis smell like cheese, skunk, and diesel. And this was written by Mariana Wolf. By now, most cannabis enthusiasts have become familiar with the names and roles of terpenes commonly found in cannabis. For those who are still learning about these volatile aromatic molecules, terpenes are produced and stored in the sticky glandular trichomes that are quite visible to the naked eye on the surface of all matured cannabis buds. Terpenes are responsible for the way certain cannabis plants smell and taste. These naturally produced metabolites also impact the perceived high and effects of the various cannabis varieties or strains around today. Well-known terpenes that typically dominate the terpenoid profile of cannabis include pinene, limonene, caryophylline, myrcene, and linalool. These familiar terpenes give cannabis its pine, citrus, spice, earth, and floral aromas. There are, however, hundreds of different terpenes and terpene variations in any given cannabis variety, all of which contribute to the unique aromatic properties of this incredible plant. What metabolites, then, are responsible for what makes cannabis smell like cheese, skunk, or diesel smell? These distinct and coveted aromas are the product of a combination of certain terpenes with lesser-known plant metabolites, volatile sulfur compounds, or VSC. There's nothing like a well-cured UK cheese bud that can be an acquired taste for canisters. A certain volatile fatty acid, terpene, isovaleric acid, also known as isopentatonic acid, is responsible for the pungent sour cheese smell in various cannabis varieties. Isovaleric acid is also found in high quantities in a medicinally relevant plant root, valerian, which is famously stinky, reminiscent of cheesy feet. There are various volatile ester versions of isovaleric acid, metabolite cousins, that are less ripe-smelling and tend to emit more pleasant aged cheese aromas. 
These are used commercially as food flavor and fragrance additives in the cosmetic and food industries, for example, powdered chicken flavor. Other plant sources of isovaleric acid include hops and tobacco. There's no question a good strong skunk aroma is favorable, and many use this as an indicator of good strong weed. The smell comes from the VSC mentioned before rather than terpenes. These sulfur compounds are also found in great quantities in garlic and, not surprisingly, skunk spray. An example of a VSC is a 3-methyl-2-butane-1-thiol, a.k.a. prenylthiol. Prenylthiol was recently identified as the primary odorant that is responsible for skunkiness in cannabis. Examples of varieties that are high in prenylthiol include gelato and apple fritter strains. Since VSCs are soluble in hydrocarbon solvents, such as butane, it's no surprise that these metabolites are also present and responsible for skunk aroma in any full-spectrum extracts, including resins. Interestingly, some of the health benefits of garlic, such as its anti-carcinogenic properties, have been attributed to these VSCs, so it points to the importance of further investigating these metabolites in cannabis to identify any possible health benefits stemming from these VSCs. Cannabis that smells like fuel is a bit more of a complex story and has yet to be fully elucidated. There are different classes of plant metabolites, certain terpenes and VSCs, likely playing a role here to create the popular and distinct gas or diesel aroma. However, this specific profile has yet to be investigated in scientific detail. We know certain cannabis varieties contain large and balanced quantities of myrcene, limonene, and caryophylline, including OG Kush, gelato, and sour diesel, to name a few. We also know that some volatile organic sulfur compounds, such as sulfides and thiols, have a more fuel or diesel smell rather than a cheese smell. It stands to reason that the diesel aroma in cannabis may be coming from varieties that contain some signature combinations of yet unidentified VSCs, and a balance of the cannabis-dominant terpenes myrcene, limonene, and caryophylline. It is interesting to note that as THC potency increases in cannabis varieties from selective breeding due to consumer demand, the variety and quantities of other plant metabolites such as terpenes and volatile sulfurs decrease as the plant species is encouraged to focus on the production of a single metabolite, THC. As cannabis consumers become more familiar with and appreciative of the whole cocktail of metabolites in cannabis rather than a heavy focus on THC, the tremendous variety of this fascinating and versatile plant will continue to grow. Currently, because of a lack of reference standard materials, poor resolution of certain metabolites, for example, sesquiterpenes, and heavy cannabis regulation, there are still many undiscovered volatiles in cannabis today. As technology and method development improves over time, along with easier access to study this overregulated plant species, more yet undiscovered volatile plant metabolites will be found that will help further elucidate the distinct aromatic signatures of various cannabis varieties. And that story written by Mariana Wolf, who has a master's degree in plant biochemistry from UBC and research plant terpene biosynthesis as part of her thesis project. She owns a boutique shop in Penticton called Cannabis Cottage. Well done, Mariana. That was a great article. And thanks as well to David Wiley from theounce.ca. We're going to mjbizdaily.com for the next story, which is good news for those who have been waiting to see if other countries are going to join Canada in legalizing recreational cannabis. Well, Germany publishes first draft law for recreational cannabis, and this is a story from mjbizdaily. The German government published the draft law for the first pillar of its cannabis legalization process that will govern private and communal marijuana cultivation for recreational purposes. 
The law says illegal foundation for private cultivation and not-for-profit cultivation associations, whose members will be allowed to grow cannabis collectively and share a limited amount within the group for their own consumption. The bill is expected to reach the federal cabinet for approval in mid-August. After that, the draft law will be scrutinized in both the German Bundestag, Germany's parliament, and the Bundesrat sometime this autumn. However, the Bundestag is responsible for the final decision on the law, and approval in the Bundesrat is not required. Germany expects the law to enter into force before the end of this year. Like Canada, Germany says one of the main goals of ending cannabis prohibition is improving public health, not any economic or financial reasons. Details of the draft law include limiting home cultivation to three cannabis plants per adult, and a sidebar here, (laughs) where do they get these numbers? Like, why did Canada choose four? Why is Germany choosing three? You can have more than three tomato plants in your garden, right? End of sidebar. Limiting legal cannabis possession to 25 grams per adult. Cultivation association members will be limited to 25 grams of cannabis per day or 50 grams per month. People up to age 21 are limited to a maximum of 30 grams per month with a limited THC content of 10%. Okay, another sidebar. (laughs) It's It's these weird limits that are wrapped around these laws that are just so bizarre. End of sidebar. Implementing a general advertising and sponsorship ban for cannabis and grower associations. A second law will be introduced in relation to the regional pilot projects, or what Germany calls the second pillar of legalization. (laughs) I mean, it's great that we're considering legalization, but why do they have to put all these limitations and still treat it like it's such a, a bad, bad thing? But hey, Germany is on the way. Could be legal in Germany before the end of the year. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. One of the things I get asked a lot about on the podcast is all the different ways there are to consume and I guess more specifically all the different ways there are to smoke or alternate to smoke. If you listen to the podcast at all, you're well aware that I'm a big fan of vaporizers, that I have used vaporizers for a number of years and in fact usually feature them on Cultivar Corner. You've probably heard me refer to my Crafty Plus many times during various Cultivar Corners. And I guess all my discussion about vaporizers and one particular type of vaporizer intrigued some people who were listening to the podcast. In fact, I heard from Jillian from Ariser. Ariser is a Canadian-made vaporizer company. They have a cool line of vaporizers, right from a desktop all the way to a portable. And Jillian was intrigued by listening to my discussion about vaporizers and offered an opportunity for me to try a couple. So this... I guess we're still going to call this a cultivar corner, but it's more, I'm going to have to maybe come up with a new jingle, talk to my son Ian, (laughs) and maybe now it's uh, accessory corner or or accessory table or something like that. Because in essence, this is going to be a review or my initial impressions of the Ariser Air Max, which is a portable, big, honking, stinking battery on this guy. 
This is going to last for a long, long time. Now, I have charged it up yesterday, used it a little bit last night, have not charged it again prior to today. So I'm going to turn it on, and let's see whether I've still got the power to do what I want to do. That would be rather embarrassing <laughs> if I needed to recharge it before I actually use it. <laughs> so it's a very small and compact device, is the Air Max from Horizon. And let me give you some of the marketing material that's in my manual before we dive into it too big. In fact, I may have to pull up the website to get you a better description. And by the way, if you go to the website for a riser, which is a riser.ca, um, you can get 10% off. So it's the Air Max is what I'm talking about in terms of the portable that I have in front of me. And again, a really substantial battery on this guy. I suspect my session is going to last a long time. And here's the wording from the Ariser site. Introducing the Air Max Dry Herb Vaporizer by Ariser. Experience the latest innovations in our portable, multi-purpose diffuser technology, featuring upgraded custom session settings, automatic display inversion, dark mode, new rapid heating ceramic technology, fast USB-C charging, and a high-capacity 26650 lithium-ion battery. Over 16 years of industry experience built into every unit. And it is a fairly substantive unit as it, you hold it in your hand. And that, and that in and of itself feels good. Doesn't feel cheap. Feels like that's going to last for a while. My initial impression, as I look at what's happening with the Air Max, it's just in the process of heating up now, um, is using a glass tube and the language that they use for that. Let me be specific. It is referred to as the Air Max glass aroma tube. Uh, enough holes punched in the glass so that you don't need to put a screen in it. And that's going to be the bowl. And I suppose if I were to offer any kind of hmm, improvement or suggestion for improvement, although I'm not sure how you do it, <laughs> has to make the bowl a little bit bigger. I, I am finding that it's pretty tiny, uh, considering that when I do use the vaporizer, I'm usually going for a fairly big hit. But let's not jump to conclusions, I suppose. So that's my only bone of contention as of this point. So you load up the end of the glass aroma tube. Now there is also a connection so you can hook it up to a water pipe. That's really cool. I'm not going to use my water pipe right now. I'm just going to use the Air Max. And of course, I have to have some weed in it. So while this is not an official cultivar quarter for this weed, I will tell you what it is. This is Tweed Cushmins, uh, sitting at THC of 33.8%. So I have the Air Max up to temperature. And the way it works is, you can get a picture of it when you take a look at the website. You put your herb in the glass bowl, in the end of that glass aroma tube, and then you stick that into the Air Max so that the bowl is now sitting over top of the ceramic heater. And ceramic heating, always better in terms of a vaporizer. Better heat going to get there, better flavor, better taste. I set my temperature relatively high. I'm sitting at about 211 degrees Celsius right now. And I'm about to take my first hit from the Air Max. And this is uh, the Cushmints. And what I'm looking at now, of course, is, well, <laughs> I am interested in the weed. Always am. Now I'm interested in what kind of vapor. How big is the vapor hit? What's my taste like? How, how smooth is it? So let's give that a try with the Air Max.
Oh, lots of vapor. Nice taste profile. The weed I'm looking at is a Cushman's Hybrid. Terpene sitting at about 2.57, so I'm expecting a fair amount of flavor off of this guy. It's a nice, cool pull. Now, I find one of the issues for those who smoke a lot and especially who use a bong and then move to a vaporizer, the complaints are always that the hit's just never big enough. So is this big enough to satisfy that need? There's a fair amount of vapor coming off of that. And very tasty too. You can pick up some of the some of the mint in that, some of the earthiness. And I do find with the right vaporizer that it's a pretty quick path directly to my endocannabinoid system. And I am getting a buzz off of this fairly quickly. Of course, unlike a typical cultivar corner, I'm not reviewing the weed. I would have a joint going as well as the vaporizer. But it would be kind of silly to have two vaporizers going. Maybe, maybe actually, I should do a taste comparison between the two, perhaps for a later date. I love the controls. Very simple on the Air Max. There's really only three buttons on it. Uses USB-C to charge. That's where so many things are going these days. And that's really cool as well. Let me give you the whole lowdown of what you get when you pick up the Air Max kit. And you are going to get yourself... Well, actually, I don't want to read the Spanish. Uh, I could try, but it would probably not be very enjoyable for you. <laughs> Just like it wouldn't be really enjoyable for me. So what's included? Well, you get the one Air Max portable microheater. That's a big piece of metal I got in my hand here. The Air Max battery, the Air Max USB-C charger power adapter. Not only does it include the cable, but it includes a plug, so you can plug it in as well. The Max Glass Aroma Tube, the Air Max Frosted Glass Aroma Tube. That's the one you connect to your water pipe. The Air Max Glass Aroma Dish. So you can also use this as a, an aromatherapy little bowl. Put your whatever you want in terms of your herbs, I guess, if it's not going to be cannabis. The uh, two Air Max silicone stem caps. So they include these little travel tubes, these plastic travel tubes to hold the glass tubes in, which is a really good idea because I'm bad, especially in my environment here. My cement floor has smashed a lot of glass over the years, and it probably will continue to do so. So those are cool caps or cool pieces, those plastic tubes. Then you get a stainless steel stirring tool, the stainless steel filter screens, a sample aromatic botanicals, and the owner's manual, which I hold in my hand here. Stronghold on that temperature. But now, as I pull out, and this is what I mean by... It's a fairly small bowl. So I pulled that out and it is, after what you heard there, it's really dark. What my wife used to refer to as tailings back in the day when we had the volcano. <laughs> she always liked to refer to the stuff that comes out at the end of it, this dark brown stuff that you wonder about. Oh, those are the tailings. 
back from her mining days, I guess. <laughs> it's not true. She was never in the mines. <laughs> so this is going to be, now I probably don't need it because quite frankly, I am feeling a pretty good buzz off of that. But just to be thorough, I have filled up the bowl again. I haven't changed the temperature. Temperature has been set. Temperature has been steady. This is rock solid. It hasn't moved an inch. Not that I guess you could measure an inch when you're changing the temperature. Mm. But it is a nice flow. I think in terms of what I'm getting in terms of an airflow, it's better than what I would get from the Crafty Plus. Crafty Plus had a somewhat limited airflow channel. And this one seems to be a direct and seems to be making a difference. And the other nice thing about this, it's a pretty good price point compared to a lot of products that are out there. All of the Ariser product line is set pretty good from a price perspective. And of course, it is so cool that they were also a Canadian company. Air Max. Hmm. I think I'm a fan. And, oh, and there you go. So there's the first opportunity since that I have started using it that it went into auto shutoff mode. So I'm going to turn it back on just so I can get one more hit. And it's an interesting sequence in the turn on. You have to actually press two buttons and then you watch this little countdown from six. And once it hits the zero, then you can release the buttons and you get that ariser smiley face and a high. And then it starts to heat up again fairly quick on the heat up from cold to where I want to go. Now let's try it at a slightly lower temperature. I'm going to take my temp down to 200 and see what it's like when we get there. See how thorough the vapor is. And it's heating up fairly quickly. It's now almost to 185, 190. And there we are at 200. No more flavor at a lower temperature. And that's always one of the risk reward pieces of a vaporizer. How high do you drive it? So you get lots of good vapor, but low enough that you're still getting a lot of those flavors. In fact, I'm going to drop this down a little bit. I'm going to take it down to 190. And I'm going to see if the flavor profile changes a great deal. We'll see how quickly, there you go. It's now cooled down to 190. Mmm, much more flavorful at a lower temperature profile. Still getting lots of, lots of vapor. Now, when I say lots of vapor, uh, <laughs> I'm not afraid. I'm not one of those people looking for it. Those absolute clouds of vapor you see coming out of somebody's car window when they got their tobacco vaporizer going and just amazingly huge clouds. I'm not into that. That doesn't, to me, say that I've gotten a really good hit. What it says to me I've got a really good hit is I can taste it, I can see a bit of the vapor, and more importantly, I'm getting high from the vapor. Now, if I were to add up how much of the weed that I have consumed in these two little bowls, 
And those are both baked. Those are dark, dark brown now. <laughs> so I think I have gotten what I was intended to get out of that one. Two balls of that. I got a pretty nice buzz going on. My battery is still showing almost 100%. This is probably the second session I've done of, what, a five to 10 minute session thereabouts. The Ariser Air Max. Check out the website. You can find out the price for you. It's a pretty good price point for a portable vaporizer of that much power. And based on what I've seen so far, I suspect you could take this away. And if you had a little uh, stash with you, you could keep going all afternoon and get a pretty good buzz going every few minutes with this guy. I'm impressed. I like it. Uh, easy to clean, accessible. All of the parts accessible, so cleaning is easy. In fact, I just did it. <laughs> That's the Air Max from Ariser. I think I'm liking it. Sharing stories about good weed while trying good weed. This is the Cannabis Podcast. And we are going to Conigma.com for our next story written by Jessica Riley, all about the best strains and terpenes for sleep. Sleep is foundational to good health, impacting our energy levels, cognition, and hormone regulation. Yet despite the obvious benefits, nearly one in three people don't get enough sleep. Hitting the hay is often listed as a reason why people consume cannabis, but does the science support this? Research around cannabis is still a young field, and knowledge is changing quickly. There have been some studies around cannabinoids and certain terpenes' effects on sleep, but most of this research is preclinical, which means it's not tested on humans yet. That doesn't mean you can't consume cannabis to improve your sleep, but it does require purposefully trying certain terpenes and cannabinoid ratios and paying close attention to how different cannabis varieties or strains affect you. To ensure you're consuming the best weed strains for sleep, here's what you need to know. It's estimated that 35% of American adults get less than seven hours of sleep every night. Prolonged lack of sleep can lead to a variety of health issues, including anxiety, depression, diabetes, and obesity. Depending on your symptoms, cannabis may be able to help you improve your sleep quality. The endocannabinoid system is an important regulator when it comes to sleep and may play an important role in treating age-related sleep disorders. A 2018 study examined 409 people who self-recorded their cannabis use to combat their insomnia, and researchers found that cannabis use had significant improvements in perceived insomnia. If you're dealing with a lack of sleep from an overactive mind, anxiety, or chronic pain, weed strains with sedating, anti-anxiety, and pain-relieving properties may be able to help you get the shut-eye you deserve. Forget strain names, and don't lose yourself in the indica-sativa debate. These are not reliable indicators of how a strain will affect you. To ensure you're using the right strain for a good night's rest, focus on the chemotype and terpene profiles of your weed. A chemotype is a grouping of cannabis varieties based on their chemical composition, organized by its most dominant cannabinoid. There are three primary cannabis chemotypes. Type 1, high THC. Type 2, balanced THC, CBD. And type 3, high CBD. Which strain is best for you really depends more on what sleep issues you're dealing with and how well you tolerate THC. When it comes to sleep, THC is the workhorse molecule in cannabis. But while it may be the best molecule for sleep, it can also be quite psychoactive at the wrong dose or ratio. And as such, it's not our first recommendation. While the right cannabis strain for sleep can be hard to find and vary from person to person, 
Some of the best strains for sleep are type 2 variations. These balanced strains provide a dose of THC to help calm your mind and relax your body, while the CBD provides a balancing effect, mitigating some of those THC side effects. Of course, everyone has a unique endocannabinoid system and a different tolerance to cannabis. A type 1 strain may be best for someone who has an overactive mind or is dealing with PTSD, while a type 3 may be better for someone who does not like the feeling of THC or is dealing with anxiety. Moreover, some people don't find type 2 cannabis to be sedating enough or simply don't have an access to this type of product, in which case moving to a THC-dominant product is appropriate. Type 1 strains high in THC can be helpful for quickly falling asleep or for improving sleep quality for people with chronic pain. And there is some very early and disputed evidence that THC could be beneficial in treating obstructive sleep apnea. Additionally, THC is thought to increase deep sleep and reduce REM sleep. CBD has a biphasic effect, meaning different doses produce opposite results. In low doses, CBD can promote alertness, while at higher doses, it can cause sleepiness. Using CBD at night can reduce REM sleep disorder behaviors and help with excessive daytime sleepiness. High CBD strains to sleep won't have the same sedative effects as THC, but it also won't carry over into next-day grogginess. It may come as a surprise, but scientists have very limited understanding of how and why strains of cannabis affect us differently. One leading theory is that the cannabinoids and terpenes work together to produce unique effects, aka the entourage effect in the body. However, we have a very limited understanding and even less evidence to support this theory, mostly thanks to prohibition, but also because of the complexity of the topic. Best terpenes to calm your mind? Linalool, myrcene, and terpinoline. Best terpenes to relieve stress or anxiety? Beta-caryophylline, limonene, linalool, pinene. Best terpenes to relieve pain? Limonene, pinene, humulene, terpineol. Good strains for sleep? The best strains for calming your mind. The best weed strains for calming your mind are type 2 chemovars, where the presence of the CBD is high enough to mitigate the effects of the THC, helping you lean into the relaxation without too much anxiety. Best strains for relieving anxiety are often type 2 or type 3, where the presence of THC is balanced or secondary to the CBD. Avoid strains with myrcene if you're sensitive to anxiety. The best strains to relieve pain are typically type 1 or type 2, depending on your sensitivity to THC. A balance of CBD can help mitigate some of the spaciness that can come along with using THC. And there's a little bit more information on the different strains and terpenes that may help you get a good night's sleep. From studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And this is again where I thank you for being a listener. I really appreciate that you are here. If you ever have any comments on what you hear, please send a note to info at CannabisPodcast.com. And let me also thank my subscribers and the people who are supporting me. Thanks to Kevin and Jordana from BuyMeACoffee.com slash Cannabis Podcast. Also, thanks for a couple of people who bought me some doobies. Gary who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and I met in the store a month or two ago. Thank you for buying me some doobies, Gary. And let me thank Todd for buying me doobies as well. And late breaking news, in fact, while I was preparing this episode, somebody bought me some more doobies. Trevor, Trevor, thank you so much. I appreciate your support, and I'm glad you're enjoying the ride with the podcast. I truly appreciate the support, gentlemen. 
Thank you very, very much. If you would like to do so yourself and support the podcast, you can do it by going to buymeacoffee.com slash cannabis podcast. That's where you can buy me a doobie if you feel so inclined. If you want to become a patron, because I also want to thank my patrons at Patreon, Rob, Tony, and Roger. You can find the links to all of these in the top right when you're on the show page. That's it for episode 128 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.